0: Inflation reports are worse than expected, and high-speed rail once again proves to be a left-wing pipe dream. I'm Greg Karumbas. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Dana Lash here for ARK Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about ARK Seed Kits. You can visit arc, ARK, A-R-K, dot com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, ARK Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. And these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient, and calorie-dense vegetables, and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, And they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Ark Seed Kits and enter DANA to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited-time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. We are at the midterm election point. As we look ahead, will we see Biden-Harris ticket for 2024? I am focused on the midterms, which are happening in a total of 26 days, and I am looking forward to that. The president has said he intends to run, and if he does, I will be running with him. Mm. Are you, though? Will you? I'm just curious. Welcome back to the program, everyone. Rejoining here on a brand new day. Dana Lash with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Starting off our first hour here. Top of our first hour this Friday. I just thought that I, I wanted to kind of jump off and get into the whole show using that because I um hmm. I I just don't know. What kind of impact she's made, if it's been enough of a positive one for Democrats to, con- to continue considering her uh, going into uh, midterms and even after. She's just focusing on midterms because Democrats are trying to they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do in 2024. I think I, I almost some of them, I think, have half given up about midterms, at least for the House. But the Senate, they're just they're absolutely still. It's all about the Senate this time. So, uh, as I said, welcome. It's good to be with you. Let's get you set up for the weekend and uh, we'll talk smack and make fun of people and all kinds of stuff. Just, you know, we'll do the same old, same old stuff. Uh, but we'll, it's Friday, so we don't want to make you depressed. So I'm not going to. We told you all the depressing stuff yesterday about the economic uh, or the CPI data that came in. And then, of course, apparently, I guess the January 6th stuff wrapped up. I don't know. I wasn't even paying attention. Did it wrap up? Did it though, Kane? Did you? Because you were kind of watching it, but not really. Yeah,
2: I was paying attention to it. They uh, officially what subpoena or decided to subpoena Trump.
1: Wah, wah. Right.
2: Trump was actually out there saying he's be fine with that. He'd yeah. be fine with that. Hmm.
1: Maybe they can uh, subpoena Ray Ups too. That would be nice. Yeah. So, well, I just I just haven't been watching it. I, I'm not going to like because someone asked me. They're like, well, you know, you haven't been talking about the J Six because I think it's stupid. Is why I think it's a dumb. I think it's dumb. I haven't been watching it because I think it's I think it's a freak show theater and I I just don't care. I don't you you honestly think for real nobody's going to get it wasn't even set up to be a fair thing. It was never set up to be a fair thing. You have you know, Democrats pick two Republicans who aren't even going to be in office anymore. Kinzinger's out, what's her face? Cheney's out. They're not even going to be in elected office anymore. And they knew that going into it. They picked the two most bitter aside from Mitt Romney Republicans that they could find to sit on this House committee uh this J6 committee and just so they could say they had republicans they didn't even they didn't they didn't talk to republicans about it at all and they made it all it, really i mean are we going to we should have a commission for antifa and blm let's do that coming in when republicans control the house the whole thing is it was just it was just goofy and i just i'm not going to i'm not going to expend any energy on it because there's so many other things to look at and watch this was all nothing more than an attempt to try to just keep them on television going in to midterms. That's all this was. So I just don't care. I don't care. And I think it's the whole, it's all, for me to watch it and take it seriously would be for me to believe that there was any seriousness to it. In the meantime, inflation, check this out. Here's a new headline coming in from CNBC. This is what Americans are concerned about. A quarter of Americans expecting to delay their retirement due to rising consumer costs. That would be from um, inflation. Right. High inflation shaping up to be the most disruptive force to the financial health of retirees. They say more than a third of Americans feel unprepared or Uh, they feel unsure they don't think that they're really even on the track for retirement anymore according to a recent survey my mom is one of those people she's like right there right there so near retirement and you can't even hardly talk to her about this stuff she gets so mad so this was a woman who used to one time be a democrat she you know that meme that it said voting for trump for some republicans in 2016 was just a regular photo of mel gibson And then next to it, voting for Trump in 2020, was Mel Gibson painted up like Braveheart. So that was my mom. Uh, That was her. And she's, I mean, if she could wear an outfit entirely of red hats, she would. She's so, so mad about all of this stuff. And the crazy thing is that a lot of my family that were previously Democrats are all mad about this stuff. I can't even look in the comments. The comments, nobody in YouTube has anything on my family sniping on what has happened to their 401ks and what is what taxes and everything else and inflation on Facebook comments like I'll see some great aunt post something I'm like I'm not even looking in the comments because it would scare Reddit I'm not I, I, the, the, I'm not even going to do it and these are people who were used to be Democrats it's kind of it's wild and they don't even see this so this survey they did this American Advisors Group survey they found that more than a third of Americans today feel unprepared or unsure if they're on track for retirement. A third of seniors say that they either plan on, they plan on working through the age of 70 or never retire. Oh, here's another study from Kane. It, it rhymes with schmack mock. It's your favorite people. You know, your BFFs over at BlackRock, Kane. You'll own nothing and be happy. Get to work until you die and own nothing, and you'll be happy no. yeah that that is really this is that's this is terrifying it's terrifying for a lot of people. those who are retired and on a fixed income you you came out of a period of historically low interest, and then now you have i mean forty year record high inflation, and the things that are hardest hit are those things that matter the most to people food to eat. Fuel for their vehicles and to heat and cool their homes. It is, it's, it's a, it's really terrifying to people who've gotten so. I mean, think about this. I would be flipping mad too. I'd be out there doing angry backflips in my front yard, flipping mad. Because you get to a point, you went through this whole period of even under Obama Biden, the economy got real whacked out, but we didn't see inflation like this. It was all building up to that. And then we had the lockdown. We would have been in such a great position if we would have just kept doing what we were doing. Trump was cutting uh, regulatory, uh, to I mean, really the, the, the all the red tape and all the regulatory abuse, et cetera, et cetera, cutting off just completely unnecessary parts of expanded and in- entitlement wasteful government, and at the same time, cutting people's taxes so people had more of their income to spend, kickstarting, you know, e- even even more production within the the economy doing it, cutting corporate taxes so that businesses can bring back manufacturing so that it's more affordable for them to manufacture things here in the U.S. of A. And then now we go into, you know, and uh, having more domestic drilling, having more domestic energy production, oil and gas. And now we're and every and now we're in this position where all of that's been reversed. And if you are on a fixed income, if you are retired, I absolutely understand the fear that you have. Because your dollars only go so far. Listen to this. This is from uh, a survey from BMO Harris Bank. A million dollars in a retirement account two years ago is worth about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars less when adjusted for inflation. Now, I have to be careful because Cain, I think, almost got up. You okay over there?
2: I mean, not only do they take more of our money than they need to, but they're ruining the money that we've actually saved with their policies as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's, yeah. They said that a quarter of Americans, it's this and all of these other rising costs. Because remember, you had, uh, I mean, we, we, we were hearing the, what, IMF saying that, yeah, recessions, we're just now getting into it. What is, what does it look like at its worst if we're just now getting into it? Million dollar, yeah, million dollar question here. They had this interview in this piece with this uh, woman. Her name's Juanita Dykes. And she's a retired factory worker who's living in rural retreat, Virginia. I just say sidebar, like what a name for a town like where would you like to go i don't know some kind of rural retreat you're in luck because it exists and it's in virginia so she says that things are becoming impossible to afford she goes i like a good steak every now and then she's like but that's just plum out of the question because you can't afford to buy it now she said you got to buy what you merely have to have and then you hope you have enough left to pay your bills what a horrible way to do in people like that what a horrible way these policies have actual real life consequences and then you have the uh You have the president and vice president out there. You have Janet yelling, Oh, no, everything's great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, audio soundbite seven. This is what Biden's showing. Listen listen to this. Listen to this explanation from him.
3: Today's report shows, though, some progress. Overall, inflation was 2% over the last three months. That's down from 11% over the prior three months. That's progress. But a lot of it is a result of getting the cost of living at the gas pump down by more, not even California now, by more than a dollar nationally and since the start of this summer. There's a big difference for working folks.
1: Wow. I mean, it shows some progress, guys. You know, it's progress. It's progress, Kane. Why the, do you hate progress? The
2: month-to-month core inflation expectation was 0.1%. It came in at 0.4%. It's just the a year transition. The year-over-year was expected to be 8.1%. Uh, it was 82 We're, This isn't progress. Uh, what the hell he's talking about?
1: Uh, you know, I mean, maybe it is. Or maybe, maybe not, I, you know, I don't know, that's just it's why do you hate, man? Why do you hate? but this is what they're telling you that oh no, it's not really as bad as you think it is yet, I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff here that says otherwise, okay, so I want to switch gears because remember when i I made mention of this yesterday how the how the press you had a member of the press who conducted an interview uh with Dasha Burns from NBC remember she spoke with John Fetterman and she was saying that small talk was was kind of difficult for him so everybody has been freaking out and attacking Dasha Burns I would be surprised if she has a job by the end of the year she did actual journalism she did an interview in which she didn't throw him softball she didn't sit across from him and go what is your favorite color is it is it is it blue it's blue isn't it your favorite color is blue what is your favorite color?" She did yeah, she didn't she didn't give him soft she didn't give him softball questions. She asked him actual questions that one would expect a member of the press to ask someone who's running for elected office. So they have flipped out on this woman. The left has lost their ever-loving mind. She had the view that. They don't know what journalism looks like anyway. And when they see any other, when they see a successful woman who doesn't walk the line of the left getting any kind of attention, oh my goodness, they freak out. Sometimes, sidebar, when I feel nostalgic and I want to go back to, you know, a place of security for when I was a child, my grandparents' house in the Ozarks and you know, I'll just find a video of them online and I'll just let it go. And it sounds just like walking in to the coop and the, uh, the, the chicken yard at my grandparents' house in the Ozarks. And all I hear is, bow, 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 and it's just, you know, takes me back, Kane. It really does. It takes me back. I almost want to throw feet at the television. The takes me right back. Yeah. yeah. So they went after her. Everybody's been going after this woman. So now John Fetterman's wife is trashing her saying that the way that Dasha Burns talked about quote-unquote small talk left her, John Fetterman's wife, feeling close to rage. I, that's her actual quote. I don't know how there, are, there were not consequences. And she's apparently demanding an apology. Oh, my gosh. You mean the guy who's got an allowance from his parents until he was 52 years old and was asked tough questions by a reporter? No wonder he is the way he is. Oh, man, we are so coming back to this. You know we are. Uh, Also, we got a pretty packed show today. Coming up later on in our second hour, the Republican Senate candidate for Ohio, J.D. Vance, is going to join us for the first time. Also, later on, my friend Robert Davi. You guys know him as well. He's he also does Sinatra. You guys know how I love me some Sinatra. He's got a film, my son, Hunter, with all this stuff in the press about the late, but Biden maybe being charged we're going to talk to Robert Davi about uh, all of this in his film as well this Friday so we got a lot to get into did you know that tart cherries are an important superfood when it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beet Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So, this was just a horrific story. Two Connecticut police officers were fatally shot and one injured in Bristol. Uh, Bristol Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte and Officer Alex Hamsey, 35 and 34, respectively, were ambushed, according to a residence, while responding to a residence on Redstone Hill. This was. Uh, this is what state police said on Thursday. The they, one of the officers was fatally wounded at the scene. The second one later at the hospital, uh, his fatality was pronounced. And they said that another third officer, uh, Alec Lorado, a, a 26 years old, was seriously wounded. It had, was apparently a setup, like a fake domestic incident between two brothers, according to WFSB. And they were ambushed. The suspect was waiting outside as they responded. This is unbelievable, unbelievable. Pfizer's Paxlovid has a problem. It may act interact adversely with common medications. Some are saying that there could be some severe, the uh, you know the the some severe actual adverse reactions. They were saying that some of the most common medications for cardiovascular disease, including various statins and heart failure therapies, according to uh, a paper published this week in the Journal of American College of Cardiology. That's troubling, and yes, Elon Musk did sell twenty thousand bottles of a perfume called Burnt Hair, hundred dollars a pop. Sold them. Who my goodness! Stay with us. We got more in store, folks. Wait, a lot more. Border energy and wokery. Stick with us, folks. Stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013, small Midwest town in their basement. And uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, they're web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit RecoilGunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on on receiving ammo, and they will note, you know, they have it all up there very helpfully on their website. Ammo shipped to your door, where legal, and they explain that, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. You need to see the frequently asked questions on that. And check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions. Visit RecoilGunWorks.com Dana today to get you a full list of products, and use code Dana to get free shipping on your next order. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil GunWorks gets it there. Fast and once you make your first order, it won't be the last. Use code Dana right now to get free shipping at RecoilGunworks.com/Dana.
4: Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app weekdays noon to three p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could okay, check, check. check Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This well, is my um, mom. I'm waiting for this. for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. Oh, well, you know. But, that violent rhetoric, but, that, yeah, the, but I thought that violent rhetoric, though, all came from, oh my goodness. So uh, welcome back to the program. Your lovable hostess here, Dana Lash. That was Nancy Pelosi. And apparently, I think this is weird. Okay, so the footage that that came from was from this documentary that her daughter, who is a quote-unquote documentary filmmaker, did. And when they were doing all of this stuff January 6th, that is, her daughter was there getting footage with the whole crew, which is so weird. I just don't, I've, and the reason I say that, not that I discount that anyone in Congress has never before had a camera crew there to get footage, I just think it's weird that we've never seen that anything like that before until right now. It's just weird, and she's there they're they're talking about all this, and she says that so who boy, and this was all timed to be released at the end of... I, I guess it is over. Isn't it over? I mean, I mean, I guess it is. If they
2: successfully subpoena Trump, I guess it continues, but yeah. yeah, they need this to have a little bow on it before we get to midterm elections here in just over three weeks.
1: She vows to punch Trump if he marches on the Capitol. Oh my gosh. But he never indicated that he was going to either. And the stuff at the Capitol started... Now, remember, they were all acting like he told everyone to go and march on the Capitol and then left the stage. Wasn't that the, hasn't that been the narrative the entire time?
2: Right. Don't, don't forget about the, uh, when he tried to take over the SUV from the Secret Service and grab oh the my steering gosh. wheel and direct them back to the Capitol. Yeah.
1: But my whole point on that, That's re- been remember the timeline? The timeline has always shifted for them. Because they said he told everybody and they practic they acted like I think for a while in the immediate hours after, didn't they say that he was actually marching towards the Capitol, which is weird because he never did. The this the people people at the Capitol were there while before he had been before he concluded speaking, um, at the uh, the ellipsis the ellipses after uh And which was it's blocks away. People were already there while he was still speaking and telling everyone talking about peaceful demonstration and all that stuff, which he did say uh, repeatedly. But nobody, you know, doesn't matter because they have their narrative. And then that happened. We were on air when all of this happened. And I just this footage because she's she's talking about him because he was apparently still on stage. So that kind of messes up their whole timeline a little bit. I don't know. So he's... She's... um, They try to do this. It's just weird. And it's very theatrical. If he comes, I'm going to punch him out. I've been waiting for this. For trespassing on the Capitol grounds. First off, that's really weird. Let me stop there. Why didn't she call the guard? Why didn't she have, like, additional people there? I say this because I've been to the Capitol for so many rallies, so many protests... I have spoken there so many times. I have never, and while I wasn't there uh, in D.C. on January, we were here on air. I've never seen a lesser policed event than I did with that, because every other time I've ever been at the Capitol, there are there's security, there's police everywhere. And one of the reasons why is because going to the Capitol on any given day, and as Steve will tell you because he's out there in D.C., there is, every day there is a protest. Every day there is a protest at the Capitol. It is, it's protest central. Every day. So you will go, for instance, one time I was at the Capitol for an event and I was actually, I think, covering it. This was like even before 2012. I think this was like 2010, 2011. And... There was simultaneously at another, on the mall, on the opposite side, I think, of the World War II, um, the Veterans Memorial. There was something like Sharpton was having some kind of protest. And then he was there. And then there was like a bunch of environmentalists that were over near the Thomas Jefferson thing. That that memorial having a whole other protest. I mean, at any given day, on any given day in D.C., there's some kind of protest, at least a couple. This is how it is. There's always police there. So this idea that you're going to have this many people out. So she says, I've been waiting for this for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. You were waiting for it. Is that why you didn't call in additional security? Because you were waiting for it. You were you were going to try to see if you could amplify a uh, the individuals that were trying to create a bad event. And try to make it worse through absence of security so you could achieve what you were waiting for? I mean, it's, I think it's legitimate to ask at this point. They aired this uh, yesterday. Or no, the, uh, well, they are, yeah, they aired it yesterday during the hearing. This was sort of like their, their end-all be-all after they, after they wrapped up, I guess, proceedings. I just thought that that was a very interesting thing and nobody has really seized on that. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. Doesn't that kind of stick out to you? Hmm. That's very interesting to me. And I also, I, I think that there wasn't enough, there weren't enough questions asked as to why no one actually, because she had refused to call in. And this, other times this has happened before. It's happened before when the left has protested there. They've called... Just, you know, just because not they not that they were expecting any kind of violence, but because you just always like to have it, not need it, then need it, not have it. That's very interesting. So today I'm going to switch gears here a little bit because there's a number of things to hit. Just uh, and I got midterms, midterm updates coming up. But Warnock and Walker apparently they're going to be debating tonight. I kind of may stream this. I have a fundraiser thing to do, but I may actually try to stream this. So if anybody, you know, if anybody sees me out and about and I'm like hiding behind a table watching my phone, it's probably because I'm watching this thing. Uh, they said this this is the only the only one they're going to have. It's the most one of the most anticipated debates in the midterm election. I would say next to the Pennsylvania if they get that going. It's in Savannah. And you have uh, you had the one last night between Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes, and I don't know if you heard any of that. That was nasty. Oh my gosh, that was so nasty. And this, and, and apparently when Mandela Barnes, well, first off, let me play some of this. Let me play this audio send by two. They, I mean, Johnson was going for the throat. Listen to this. But then you start drilling down. One thing you have to do is you have to keep violent criminals in jail, and you have to support law enforcement.
3: Unfortunately, we have an administration in Wisconsin right now that their goal was to reduce the prison population by 50%. They reduced it 15%, including paroling 884 criminals. 784 were violent, including 44 child rapists, 270 criminals who either committed or at least attempted murder. So keep violent criminals in jail. One of the things you use is cash bail. And there is an effort here to eliminate cash bail, uh, but also we have to support law enforcement.
1: Mm. That was one of the calmest points, the calmest moments of the debate, because they were going back and forth. Now, I can only imagine what tonight's going to be like. I hope that that they've prepped Walker well. All you got to do, because Warnock seems like he's got a temper, all you got to do, I mean, he did try to Teddy Kennedy his wife somewhat, right? I mean, absent the murky pond. You know I'm right. So, the debate in Georgia tonight. I hope Warnock is well. I hope that uh, Walker's well uh, prepared. Warnock, if you just press his buttons, he gets mad. There's a psychological element to debates. So, are you going to watch it tonight, Kane? It might be the only debate I watch. I'm I, not. You know, I am curious
2: about how this will all go down. I might. I may not watch it, though. You know how it is during the week. You get so sick of politics. You're like, I man, I can't wait for the weekend to get here to stop looking at politics.
1: You know it's going to be bad, though. But,
2: uh, yeah, I think I may check this one out, though.
1: Yeah, and I don't know by bad. I don't know what that means, but it's something. It's going to be, it'll be uh, incredibly inflammatory. And I, I just am curious to see how the moderation is, is handled, because that's going to be a huge part of it. Mm. Just, it's, man. So, some of you, for you in Georgia, golly, I can only imagine the ads that you're all being hit with out there in Georgia. So, a few other things I want to make sure that we hit. So, there's that debate tonight in Georgia between Walker and Warnock. Uh, We've also been discussing the energy crisis. And then, earlier this week, had been covering uh, Germany telling Russia to go pound sand because they said, well, we'll give you a little bit more. We'll open it up a little bit more, Nord Stream 2. Well, France now starts has started exporting gas to Germany. Their gas network operator GRT Gaz says it started conveying gas to Germany via a pipeline for the first time as Berlin, here in its eleventh hour, tries to diversify its energy sources. Who? It's almost like they were told to make sure that they that they diversified their energy sources before this happened, and they and that was really ridiculed. Huh. Remember that? So the French company said that their gas pipeline connecting both countries at the French border village of Obregailbach has begun delivering an initial daily capacity of 31 gigawatt-hours. So it's expected to increase to a daily max of 100 gigawatt-hours, which represents less than 2% of Germany's overall gas consumption, according to figures from the French Ministry for Energy Transportation. The head of Germany's network regulatory agency from ABC, uh, Klaus Müller, thanked GRT Gaz in uh, French in a tweet, saying, oh, the French gas deliveries via Starland help Germany's supply security. Now, Germany's gas storage facilities are now nearly 95% fuel. However, officials say citizens will still need to save gas this winter. They're trying to diversify because, first off, Russia choked off the cheap, dirty gas that they depended on for years to run factories and generate electricity, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, heat homes. And then when they uh, then they decided to mess around with that, at weaponized gas, they decided, oh, we're going to take it down for some maintenance for a little bit. Oh, no, now it's there's an explosion. Germany said... Uh, You're not a reliable partner. So Emmanuel Macron, he announced last month France and Germany had agreed to this energy solidarity deal. They would help Germany with gas. Germany would generate more electricity to supply France during times of peak consumption. And so... This is because the French government, they said that they were concerned over potential electricity shortages during the winter. 25 of France's 56 nuclear reactors were shut down for usual maintenance and to repair corrosion problems. The government said that the EDF, which is operating their nucle- nuclear plants, committed to restart everything by this winter. They're trying to get it all up. They realize they can't rely on Russia. So this is going to be one of the first tests to see if they can quickly, uh, uh, quickly maneuver and uh, and be able to supply their needs at least, you know, somewhat Uh, so that they don't have to rely uh, so much on Russia. They were told this years ago. If only they had prepared. We have more to come. We have uh, some of the latest with the border. We also, we got a lot. We got Wokery. And then later on, coming up, uh, Republican Ohio, Republican Senate candidate from Ohio, J.D. Vance, will join us. And later on, Robert Davi. So a lot to hit today. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. nine nine eight eight nine nine protect your future with american hartford gold 866-887-1188 or text dana to 998899
4: of all your favorite talk hosts one of these is not like the others
1: the dana show you can sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse over at substack and we're gonna have more stuff it's been kind of a crazy week so we're gonna have more stuff coming out uh, even next week and gearing up for uh, the midterms as well. Uh, but uh, the latest on this, I got I, I got hijacked over break. I was going one way. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the, a lot of, we have a huge midterm update coming up, but then uh, the the economic situation and the messaging from the administration on this has been so at odds. <laughs> I kind of want them to keep doing it because it's just going to it's just going to be it, 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 I think it just shows how out of touch they are. They don't worry about remember when they acted like inflation and and supply chain issues and oh your exercise bike may take longer. They were mocking that. Yeah. Doesn't look like it was a good good thing for them to have done, right? Now, especially in hindsight. Yeah. Whew, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. So, some of the other things that we're going to be getting into, I got Wokery for you. DC Comics they apparently, I didn't even actually, I wasn't even, I didn't follow this as much, but apparently I would heard about a new woke Superman. And it was Superman Son of kal They launched it last year. Uh, a couple of friends of mine had written about this. They write about um, comics and gaming. And it was a bisexual Superman. And, it, and if you were, if you had guessed that it wasn't going to sell well, you would be right. It didn't, it didn't sell well at all. They said that the uh, teen hero had a began a relationship with a male friend, Jay Nakamura, in the fifth issue. And that they, it was super woke. They talked about climate change and uh, the rescue of, quote-unquote, undocumented, or people who entered illegally, uh, migrants. They said that the series even featured face coverings in an effort to help mitigate the spread of the coronavirus in fiction. Wow. They actually... Modified the slogan from "Truth, Justice, and the American Way" to "Truth, Justice, and a Butter Tomorrow." I mean, heaven forbid you have the word "American Way" show up in anything with an American super. whatever. And it's just so so shocking that the woke it didn't catch on. Not even the woke scolds bought it, which I always find interesting. They create these things and they actually don't support them themselves because they're horrible. So it's been canceled now. There, are, nobody wanted to buy it. It was too over-the-top, and it was just... Because Superman, when you think of actual... When you think of masculinity and you think of chivalry, you think of Superman. And apparently those things are wrong. Everything's labeled toxic masculinity. I'm glad it was canceled, because it just sounds horrible. You know what? Come up with your own woke superheroes. I mean, it's not going to sell, but at least you don't try to ruin an existing concept that has become an American icon in the and pro- in, in, in the process. So we have a lot coming up our second hour. JD Vance is going to join us. We have the latest midterm update and more back after this. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding a Conversation and sign up for this new completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com.
0: I actually thought it was inappropriate that she said during small talk uh, before our yeah. interview. Maybe she's bad
1: at small talk.
3: Maybe yeah, it was
0: maybe, her. Maybe it's her. <laughs> I just feel that, you know, I don't know what, if it was an off-the-record
3: conversation, if the entire interview was off-the-record. But I know, Sarah, you've interviewed people. We interview people and we
1: have small talk before. That is generally not something that you mention during, <laughs> when you're being interviewed by an anchor. What? Because you've done so many of those hard news interviews. Yeah. Wow, welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you. Getting you set up for the weekend, folks. We are at the top of our second hour here this Friday. And that was that uh, those were the females of The View who are mad at the reporter who interviewed John Fetterman because it was not a good interview for John Fetterman. And so they're mad at her about this. It is wild. And to this point, let me pull up this story. There was a quote from John Fetterman's wife, who had very harsh words for NBC's Dasha Burns, saying that her description of small talk with her husband left her feeling close to rage. This comes from someone covering the midterms for ABC in Pennsylvania. She says, I don't know how there were not consequences. So this is her quote. This is the quote from John Fetterman's wife to the interview that uh, NBC's Dasha Burns did. That, That interview made Fetterman look so, it was one of the worst things he could have done. And they're blaming it on the reporter so much for the sanctity of the press. This is what John Fetterman's wife said, quote, I don't like saying rage because I think that's a really unhealthy feeling. And when you feel those things, it only harms yourself. But when a disservice, but what a disservice that she did to not only my husband, but to anyone facing a disability and working through it. And I don't know how there were not consequences. I mean, there, there are consequences for folks in these positions who are any of the isms. I mean, she was ableist. I'm going to stop there because it goes on. It's like her mind finds other things. This is absolute garbage from Giselle Fetterman. Absolute garbage. Grow up, lady, female, grow up. This, to say that it's ableism, if you do not want questions about your husband's health asked, then your husband shouldn't be running for elected office because voters, it is our right that people in this country died for to secure. Our our, uh, history is built on being able to ask questions of not just elected officials, but people running for office. People died for these rights. This is the right of the voter to ask questions. You can't sit here and wrap yourself in stroke recovery as a way to deflect from legitimate questions and then have the audacity to impugn the character of anyone who, who rises to that Right and obligation as a citizen To ask questions as to whether or not They're fit for office That is appalling I find that so bigoted How dare Giselle Fetterman actually use things like that As a way to say that some people Are just are a little bit more protected From answering questions than others Regardless of whether or not for they're running for office And to to, to sit here and use word solid like ableism How dare you These people are Elitist And they feel like they are entitled to everything. She thinks there should be consequences for an NBC reporter who had the audacity to question her husband. How dare you question this man? He's gone through his whole entire life being coddled by his rich family. His sister bought his bougie loft that they lived in. And it was featured in some design, a bunch of design magazines. You know, he sits here and talks about he's the everyman. They live in this really super bougie loft. His parents paid him an allowance so he didn't have to work all the way up until his, to his 50s until he got this elected position that finally paid him. He has had an entire life handed to him. He has lived off of the coattails of other people's work. And he tries to present himself as the everyman. If only the everyman were a dependent upon their parents until they were in their 50s. If only the everyman got to live in a nice, spacious, bougie, fancy loft that their sister purchased for them, like John Fetterman does. And then the wife gets mad. How dare you ask him whether or not he's actually physically capable of doing the job? I mean, no big deal. It's just the Senate, right? I am really hostile to people who try to act as though elected officials and people running for office are above us. And she's, if, if he is not able to answer questions, then he shouldn't, A, be running for office, and B, shouldn't be giving interviews. What happened to all the people screeching about the sanctity of the press, right? This is what else she said. Let me finish this, because it gets crazier. She found, she walked around, her mind walked around, she was just saying words, and then she stumbled upon ableist, and then she went to town on that word. So she goes, quote, she said, Quote, I mean, she was ableist. That's what she was in her interview. It was appalling to the entire disability community. So that's apparently a sidebar. Giselle Fetterman is a John Fetterman, not only can you not question him when he's running for office, but if you do, you're insulting everyone who is disabled. She continues, quote, Uh, It was appalling to the entire disability community and I think to journalism. So I was shocked. I'm still really upset by it. I think the positive is that it's brought a lot of conversations about accommodations and rights and ableism. I mean, ableism was trending on Twitter. It shows you there's just so much to do, but these networks have to take accountability, right? Like, where is your training? It was appalling to see. And you see that in schools. You see that in young children. You don't expect to see it at this level. I have not heard an apology. It has not come. No one owes you an apology. No one owes John or Giselle Fetterman an apology to this offensive garbage that she decided to spew. How dare you question? He has been coddled and accommodated his entire life. He's never had to work for anything how dare you ask him a hard question? Now they're, now they're trying to, what, are they gonna, is he going to try to get Dasha Burns fired like he has all the people who have ever criticized him when he was mayor and lieutenant governor? You know, he did get in trouble for using the police, op- the, the actual police department, to do oppo research on people who disagreed with him publicly. And the entire city council, when he was mayor of Braddock, wanted him out. This is a Democrat area. The damn Democrats didn't even like him. They were like, okay, this is too far even for us. Can you imagine what the... What a sense of entitlement. Wait, so... Was it bad then to mock Trump when he had to hold a handrail while he was wearing dress shoes walking down a slick ramp? Was that ableist? When all these people made fun of him? Curious. Hmm. No, what this is is that you have someone... Who, and maybe he has trouble processing. I don't think he has, I don't think John Fetterman has any problem with his ego. I don't think that he has any problem with his vanity. I think that he is perfectly willing to be used by people so that they can try to secure the Senate. They're perfectly willing. If you want to have a discussion about ableism, which is a stupid word, if you want to have a discussion about that, let's talk about the people who are just using him as a way to get the Senate without any kind of care about how he comes off in interviews. But there's a vanity to this And he's played into it even before he had a stroke So spare us No one owes you an apology If anything you owe other people an apology just, just disgusting I'm so tired of these elitist people Who are elitist Not because of anything that they did But they're elitist because they live off the hard work of everybody else That is one of the things that I cannot stand now. But wait, there's more. So they've been they're still trying to go after Herschel Walker and they're trying to say that uh, they were trying to criticize how much he was paying in child support for his youngest son. And it's forty two thousand dollars a year. And as uh, my friend Ginny Cruda, who's over at Daily Wire and Daily Caller noted that. Uh, his how That Warnock's housing allowance From the church that's evicting the poor people For $125 in back rent Is twice what Herschel Walker pays for child support If you want to have that conversation Again it's elitism Absolute and total elitism oh, Man Now This uh, I have a couple of other things I want to make sure That uh, we are hitting that we that uh, wasn't able to actually get to a little earlier. So this get into some of the uh, this was yesterday for Parkland. This came out, actually, my friend Ryan Patty, who lost his daughter in Parkland, had sent this story over uh, yesterday evening, and I was really uh, pretty shocked at this. As you know, the jury, even though death penalty was it was eligible for death penalty, the jury determined that it uh, looks like it's going to be life in prison, and his his uh, I think final sentencing is on November first, and the mitigating factors apparently were that, you know, the mom had a, uh, a a substance abuse problem when she was pregnant, which I don't think that that should prevent someone who killed seventeen people from facing the consequences of that fully, and one of the jurors apparently this was amazing they had sent a letter to the judge and I I was saying that um, she had apparently firmly rejected the death sentence it was one person apparently the jury foreman said that uh, three of the twelve though they said one had already made up her mind and apparently she was I mean, the letters out said that some of the jurors, three of them opted for life in sentence uh, life sentence in prison. But they said that the one juror refused to vote in favor of executing the killer. And that apparently. Um, and he was saying that this is, you know, how the jury system works. We went through all the evidence. And some jurors felt that that was, you know, the three of them, and especially this one woman felt that that was the sentence. But apparently there was one who had sent this letter. I'm pulling this up right now. Sent a letter uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the judge and had said about uh, the jury questions during deliberations They said that one of the jurors, uh, her jurors who voted for the death penalty stating that they state one of them said that they had already made up their mind on voting for life before the trial started. They said that this is now here's where it gets funny. um, That they said that they would, you know, because they had an oath to the court, they would be fair and unbiased. The deliberations were very tense. Some jurors became extremely unhappy. Once uh, I mentioned I would vote for life wanted to make you aware of this matter. If you have any questions, please feel free to call me How is that if you have your mind made up? I guess here's my question if you have your mind made up and you're sending a Note, you know during deliberations to the judge that here someone has their mind already made up before they're actually going through everything is that being fair and impartial? I mean, I'm not an expert on fairness and impartiality in the jury, but I'm just you know, it does bring up a very interesting It's kind of an interesting question. Is it really? Fairness and impartiality. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company. And it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement. And uh, family-owned, they think like us. And they're really known for, over at Recoil Gunworks, a web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit RecoilGunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo, and they will note, you know, they have it all up there very helpfully on their website. Ammo shipped to your door where legal, and they explain that, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. You need to see the frequently asked questions on that, and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions. Visit RecoilGunWorks.com Dana today to get you a full list of products, and use code Dana to get free shipping on your next order. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil GunWorks gets it there fast. And once you make your first order, it won't be the last. Use code Dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So, um... This is really bizarre. And I also kind of why I would never, I don't think I could ever wear contact lenses. A doctor removed 23 forgotten contact lenses from a patient's eye. (laughs) How do you even fit anybody in there? That is the, that, that seems impossible. This ophthalmologist in California posted a video where she extracted 23 forgotten contact lenses from a patient's eye. This is in Newport Beach. 23, and the older the woman who was elderly had for, apparently forgotten that she had them. I I'm just, I mean they were glued together for like a for like a month under the eye. How does this even? Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. But it happened. So let's see. I'm just a little nervous. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to wear I wouldn't be able to wear contacts. I really I really wouldn't be able to because I I would be like worried I'd forget them like that. Not like that, but you know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Apparently also. A man with a flamethrower attempted a citizen's arrest of teenagers who tried to toilet paper his house. Seems like a bad way to do that, dude. Uh, it was in Wisconsin. A Baraboo High School junior a Baraboo High School junior, and his pal set out to toilet paper the home of uh, apparently one of their friends. And then when they arrived, they found the dad standing on his lawn in military garb wielding a blazing flamethrower, which sounds like it was just they was being kind of funny. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, they said that uh, they tried to retreat. They tried to retreat. The neighbors, one who's the high school's athletic director, blocked the car for the five students. Said that they thought the adult's response was racially motivated. Oh my gosh! Come on, stop it! I mean, come on, really? This everybody, you, you can never. Uh, everything is dumb. Uh, also, apparently, Microsoft's army goggles left U.S. soldiers with nausea and headaches in a new test. I just think the the goggles like that are just kind of dumb anyway. But so coming up, J.D. Vance, Ohio Senate. He joins us next. Stick with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super tart shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple. Delicious tart cherry gummies come with a 100 satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35 off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com/dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com/dana for up to 35 off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com/dana.
4: Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. As an exception.
0: Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view. But let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. I, I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have.
1: That was actually, I think that's like the 10th time I've watched that, because that was a really... (laughs) stunning answer. Wow. And that was from the debate in a, from th- that's going to determine who is going to represent Ohio in the Senate, J.D. Vance or Tim Ryan. And that was J.D. Vance shutting down Tim Ryan, who just kind of was flustered after that and was just sort of knocked off at any balance that he had. That was stunning. This is one of the Senate races that's going to determine Basically, America's future. I mean, I'm not overselling it. That's what it is. Joining us right now via Skype is the Republican candidate for Senate there in Ohio, J.D. Vance. Uh, And it's good to have you. Everybody knows you. They know your book, Hillbilly Elegy, and the film as well, uh, the subsequent film. Uh, That was a great answer that you you gave. And I don't think that—I've never heard it answered that way or have—I mean, it was—and it was truthful. I mean, it was accurate. The press didn't really know how to respond— um, talk to me a little bit, though, because every I'm in Texas. This is a border state. But now, because of the policies that people like your opponent support, Ohio is a border state too.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Dana. Thanks for having me. Uh, it, it is a border state, especially when it comes to fentanyl, and of course, especially when it comes to illegal aliens who come into our state and commit crime. And, and the thing that I'd say to my my fellow Republicans on this issue, Dana, is we shouldn't let ourselves get put on the fence because if you look at these incredibly unusual circumstances uh, that Democrats often point to, they are very often behind those circumstances, stories the Democrats don't want to tell you, stories the media don't want to tell you. And, and I just refuse to be put on the defensive about being pro-life. I think that their views are much more extreme. Uh, again, if Tim Ryan had done his job on border security, this poor girl would have never been raped in the first place. That, to me, is the main public policy takeaway from this very, very tragic situation. It shouldn't be allowed to be used as a Democrat talking
1: point. No, I agree with that. Uh, I I also think too, and I don't know. I've never heard a Democrat actually be, be asked this or or answer to this. Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, years ago kind of uh, helpfully warned Democrats: Look, this decision about Roe is going to be challenged at some point. The, the 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 court's determination about Roe is going to be challenged. Obviously, what we saw with Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, and it was almost as if she was giving a talk somewhere. We have played the audio. Everybody's talked about this, but she was sort of warning her own ideological side, you better be prepared for this when it happens, because abortion advocates have always focused on federal, the federal effort. But yet, at the same time, they haven't really done anything to implement or shore up their position state by state. Now, I know that they try to misrepresent this and say that states like yours don't have any protection for the life of the mother, which is patently false. But if they wanted anything further... Why didn't they? What is your what are your thoughts on why they didn't actually do more work state by state? Because it seemed as though they actually are playing their base to try to to blame Republicans when ultimately in in a lot of these states they ran the legislatures. Why didn't they act? Why didn't they they shore up their positions?
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Dana. I I think the answer is from a a Democratic Democratic perspective. These guys never had to persuade their fellow citizens. They never actually had to win this argument on an electoral basis. They always just had the courts step in and make this policy for them. And and because of it, they've never really had to do the work of persuading um, persuading people. And, and it's you know if you look at our abortion laws in this country, uh, it's we're among the most radical, even now among the most radical countries when it comes to late term abortion. When it comes to uh, you know we don't require doctors to provide. Um, care for babies who survive botched abortions. And and the reason is because these guys just assumed the federal courts were going to take care of the argument for them. And now it's back to, the, back to the states. And of course, they've got the media on their side. But I think we have basic morality and ethics on our side. So we shouldn't be, again, put on the defensive of this. This is one of the real worries I have about Republicans in 2022 is I've watched some of my fellow Republicans. And look, I get it. I've never run for office before. Uh, it is an unusual and in some cases, uh, 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 you know, not a not a not a comfortable thing to do when the media tries to put you on the defensive. But we just can't let him here because I do think that we have the better of the argument. We just have to be willing to actually make it.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Talking with J.D. Vance, who is the Republican nominee for Senate in Ohio, as much talk as there is on abortion, that doesn't even rank in the top 10 issues of voters concerns. And I was looking at where Ohioans stood. This uh, OPEC plus, I want to shift gears and ask you about energy here, because I was looking at some of the reports. AAA reported that Ohio ranks in the top 10 states with the steepest price changes in gas prices over the last week. And apparently your state is going to be hit. I think you're going to take the brunt of the hit from the OPEC, OPEC Plus uh, decision here with the Biden administration. Talk to me about this and the crunch that uh, your voters are are feeling in, in, as a result of all of this. The, the, the refusal for domestic drilling and now we're relying on Venezuela.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really uh, pathetic and it's really sad for a lot of us in Ohio, especially our middle class who can least afford to pay more at the pump. And, and you know this, Dan, it's not just gas, right? Everything gets more expensive. When energy gets more expensive, it affects the cost of food, it affects the cost of manufacturing, it affects the cost of pretty much everything that you buy. And like you said, this is a totally unforced era. I mean, we're we're, we're sitting in Ohio on the Saudi Arabia of natural gas reserves. We have great oil reserves in Texas, even in Ohio, certainly Pennsylvania, and other states as well. If the president just allowed us to drill the stuff, to get it out of the ground, to refine it, and to transport it on these pipelines that Joe Biden and Tim Ryan have shut down, we would have really low energy costs, it would help our businesses, and, and most of all, it would help our families. Here's the crazy thing about this, Dana. Like, I'm not a Joe Biden guy. Obviously, I know that you're not. I know that 99% of your listeners don't like Joe Biden. It's still really pathetic to see the president of the United States go around to these tin pot dictators and beg for oil when we have plenty of it right here at home.
1: Yeah, and as you just said, too, sitting on essentially the, the Saudi Arabia of fuel supplies there in Ohio, and there are so many states in the nation that are able to supply and able to offset what the, either the dirty gas coming in from Russia or you know cr- uh, oil coming in from us, uh, the Saudis and OPEC and OPEC Plus, and then empowering now as a result of not going through. And that those are jobs too. That those are jobs. That the clean extraction but, we're so good at that those those are jobs being denied in Ohio.
0: That's exactly right. Such a good point. And the the, the crazy environmental argument that I, I just cannot get over is, even if you take these people at face value that we're about to go undergo an environmental catastrophe, to be clear, I don't, but even if you take their arguments at face value, the dumbest thing that you could be doing is transporting our energy and manufacturing sector to China, which is economically terrible. It's terrible for Ohio's workers, but it's also environmentally preposterous because they're the dirtiest economy in the entire world. So I'm trying to understand here We care about the environment, and yet we're creating energy and manufacturing jobs in the dirtiest economy in the world. How does this make sense? Of course, it doesn't. uh, But that's not really the point. I think the point here is to allow their activists to get some wins. And who cares if Ohio consumers and Ohio families suffer? It's just a terrible policy.
1: Right. And we're talking with J.D. Vance, uh, who is running as the Republican nominee uh, for Senate in Ohio. I just saw a, a survey, a new survey out. Looking ahead at 2024, you know how these things are kind of like looking into crystal balls. It said DeSantis led Biden by a bigger, led by a huge margin in Ohio. A lot of people are looking at your race, I think, as a measure of a couple of things. The continued Republican strength, especially in states like Ohio, which Democrats love to fight over and have lost a lot of ground in. I think they're also looking at it as a way to measure who's actually controlling the Republican Party. But one of the things that why I think your your candidacy sticks out to me, because I'm familiar with your writings at at National Review back in 2014. And it's it's it struck me as amusing because some of the people that you used to write with and write for, I guess they thought they I think I feel like they have an uncomfortable relationship with populism and populism can be good. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because. Some I I read a piece they were saying, well, which is the real J.D. Vance? And it always comes back to I feel like people are just uncomfortable with, as you said, being aggressive in response to the press, refusing to take the bait from the part the opposition party. And then with any kind of populism at all whatsoever. And this is really prevalent within certain factions on the right. How do you how do you bring those people in? Uh, Because I know yours is a tight race and you need everybody's support. How do you bring those folks in?
0: You know, I mean, the, the, the way we're trying to win our race is, is pretty straightforward. It's the kitchen table issues, it's crime, it's immigration, the drug crisis, and certainly the inflation problem. Uh, that's really what we're hammering it on, on. And also the fact that Tim Ryan, uh, he tries to pretend to be a populist himself, even though he criticized a lot of the policies that were working for people just a couple of years ago. But he's he, it's almost running a fake Republican race. He's trying to pretend to be Republican because he knows the people of Ohio don't like what he's selling as a far left Democrat. So part of our job is just to define Tim Ryan by his own voting record to make sure that people know who he actually is. But, but Danny, you're exactly right. I mean, I think a lot of elites, a lot of our media class is very uncomfortable with what's going on in the conservative movement these days with people like me who refuse to sort of bend a knee to them. And and you're, you're also right about the fact that I, I think a lot of these people maybe thought that I was more willing to be on their side. I, I think of it as sort of controlled opposition. You're a conservative, but you never really challenge the prevailing powers in this country. I'm just not interested in that. I'm interested in the people that I care about being able to live a good life in the country their parents and grandparents built. If you're if that's your goal, you have to be willing to fight the entrenched media, especially because they're the ones who have been cheerleading so much of what's made this country less free, less prosperous and less safe.
1: And one thing talking with J.D. Vance, one thing that I've noticed that they don't that some people seem to forget is that the past feels like the past eight years have been just hypersonically sped up. Um, I, yes. it, it, with the weaponization of different agencies, to I mean now forty, rec, you know forty-year high inflation, everything that we're dealing with seems to just I I don't think this is just me, it just seems to have happened so quickly. Obviously. You realize the immediacy of that challenge and you have to, uh, you know, you have to move and acclimate to fight it. So, yeah, you're going to be aggressive and pushing back. You're you're going to be aggressive with messaging. And I just feel that like some people, they just they just don't get that, which is why I, I actually appreciate it, because I just feel that it's just a little bit more transparent.
0: Yeah, it's such a good point about the hypersonic tra- the hypersonic pace at which things seem to be moving I mean, it's crazy to believe it feels like 10 years ago, but it was actually a year ago where Anthony Fauci was saying that people should lose their jobs for not taking the vaccine because the vaccine prevented transmission. And now everybody admits now that the vaccine actually doesn't prevent transmission. It at best just reduces the severity of the illness on so many of these things. It's like I can't believe where we were and I can't believe how much we've learned just in the last year, the last 18 months. Uh, you're exactly right about this. And I think that's why so many people, it's not just Republicans. Remember, it's a lot of, you know, blue collar Democrats. It's a lot of heartland independents who are just looking around and saying, this is not the country that I was promised. This is not the country I thought that I had. We need to get back to basic common sense.
1: And last question for you, talking with J.D. Vance in Ohio. This, I think, is we say this about every election. This is the most important election. this is the mo- I really think this midterm election, though, particularly the Senate, is the most important Election that uh, yep. that I I mean I have no words. It's and it comes down honestly to just a couple of seats, one of which is yours. That's an incredible burden to have on your shoulders as well. Uh, but at, you know you were just talking about the number of people that have been turned off from these far left policies. It includes a number of these blue collar Democrats in Ohio. What is your message to to voters out there who are watching your race so intently? And we have a number of affiliates in Ohio, people who are listening right now, and maybe they're they still haven't figured out who they're going to cast their lot for.
0: You know, it's, it's really simple, Dana. It's that I, I think our people deserve better. They deserve to go to the grocery store and not have the, the, the ba- their bank account destroyed by the prices of food. They deserve a country with a real border. They deserve to be able to walk down the streets without having uh, themselves or their loved ones assaulted. All of these things have gotten worse because our leadership has failed The people of Ohio. Tim Ryan is part of that leadership. He's been part of it for 20 years. We just need to take the state in a different direction. That's really my argument, and I think it's going to win the day. and And I think by November the eighth, Dana, uh, we're going to win the day convincingly. Um, You know, we'll 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 have to see, but I feel very good about where we are.
1: Oh, we're going to be. By the way.
0: And if people want to help us, Dana, jdvance.com is the place to do it. We're taking volunteers, we're taking support. jdvance.com if people want to help us out.
1: All coming down to a handful of seats, of which yours is one. JD Vance out of Ohio, nominee for Senate for uh, well, the Republican Party. Good to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. So we'll be See watching. You. Good luck. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about kel and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, kel has been making one-of-a-kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, kel doesn't just copy other weapons on the market. They innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see kel reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other kel weapons and products, check out Keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com Keltec, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com.
2: It's his life mission to make bad decisions <laughs> It's time for Florida Man
1: I'm trying to wrap my head around this headline So Let me just set this up, because y'all know I'm a germaphobe. I think a lot of you, at least, you know, maybe you're not as nutty as I used to be. I got rid of a lot of it during the pandemic. But, you know, when you're feeding your toddler stuff, you wash your hands, right? You're handing them something. You wash your hands, especially if you're dealing with any type of material that's, like, dirty or could hurt them, you know? Like, if you're using bleach to scrub something, you're going to wash your hand. You know what I'm saying? So this blows my mind. A Florida mom has been jailed because she fed her two-year-old with candy. Now, that doesn't seem like it's bad. But she had hands that were dirty from fentanyl. No. For real. Deputies arrived on the scene. They gave the, ba- the toddler some... They gave it the toddler Narcan, which reversed the symptoms. And then the child was transported to the hospital and later released. Now, she had the woman jessica martinez had a prior active warrant for possession of a controlled substance and they said that her hands were legit covered in fentanyl when she fed this kid pieces of candy that was her drug of choice so she was charged with child neglect she was held without bond that is i mean i'm so grateful that the that the baby's okay but man and fentanyl but was she like are you playing in it like like, what were you what are you doing our third hour's on the way don't go anywhere stick with us and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. I just about this. We're about to talk to you. We're about to talk to you. In what way, sir? Stay tuned. What? What? In what way, sir, stay tuned. So that was the president talking about uh, how they're going to talk to Saudi Arabia. Well, when? Stay tuned. Okay, and yeah, just stay with the tuned. Tunage. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, top of our third hour this Friday, ladies and gents. My friend Robert Davi will join us later on uh, because, you know, he's got the my son, Hunter. I'm going to be real with you because I've lived this story. I actually, should I lie to him? I haven't seen it yet i haven't really seen a lot yet i haven't had a lot there's some stuff going a lot of stuff happening um i haven't even like watched the latest episode of mop psycho so and the new season's out you should, shut up uh don't spoil it because now he's going to start talking about it so and i wanted to see this but at the same time dude the real i mean it's it's and it's all based on fa- It's all based on all the stuff that was on his laptop my son hunter do you know how uncomfortable it is as someone who works in radio and television? to have, We look at these stories. You can't unsee things. Okay. They've made a lot of stuff out there. They even have a burnt hair perfume that Elon Musk is selling. But what they do not have is eye bleach. So I some of this because they always all these articles. They're like, we got to embed these photos in here right here <laughs> to where you can't get away from them. Oh, man, I don't need to see a 50 something year old dude totally naked with his you know with his waving his gun around you what stop waving the gun that he illegally purchased around stop it i don't need to be seeing that i don't need to be seeing naked hunter biden in a sensory deprivation tank however i will say there are some people out there and i think it's the same people watching the dahmer stuff that are like i'll totally watch that it's crazy this guy is so crazy because in the same way that I watch horror movies, because they're relaxing, because I always think, you know, I could be chopped up at Crystal Lake, but I'm not. So it's great. I think some people watch this stuff, and they feel so much better about their own lives and decisions. You know what I mean? I so. so I don't know. There's something to it. Anyway, we're going to be- That's why
2: I watch hoarders.
1: I don't. I can't. I cannot watch that show. Yeah. Because it triggers, I, I hate that word. I don't want to use it. You know how I am kind of um, a hypochondriac a little right. bit. I will immediately think that the, I have. I need to get rid of everything in my house.
2: <laughs> I see. Like, I'm banned. Really,
1: I cannot watch it. My family will not allow it on.
2: I see really good organizational type skills in those shows. Um, not from the hoarders, obviously, from the people coming to help. I clean. was going to
1: say, can you please clarify those? Right, not from. The <laughs> I love hoarders. being able to walk around but piles I, of things in my house. But also,
2: <laughs> I look at the hoarders and I'm like, well, I'm really not that bad.
1: I just I look at it and I and then I think anything that I have is bad like I need to rip out my kitchen island it's just something in the middle of the room I can't I just just not have any belongings let's just not even live in a house let's live in a field I just it just gets me I can't I cannot deal with it I cannot deal with it we used to watch that show every now and then and then when we moved my youngest was upset because everything was boxed up and he was like I feel like we're on that show because you know when you move everything is boxed up in your house and it's kind of crazy yeah, so we don't watch that show anymore. I'm not judging you if you do. You just probably have a stronger personal constitution for it than I do. I just can't because I will immediately think, I need to go burn down my house and live in the middle of a field. I need to not have anything. It's just clutter. It's like things that you need. Don't get rid of Those are plates. You need to eat off them. It's clutter. I just, you know, you can't, can't deal with it. Oh, uh, All right. So I have a few things. This, this is a crazy story. Uh, I saw this by way of Jordan Boyd over at the Federalist. Actually, I saw it first by Yahoo because it is this is I'm just going to share with you this headline. Okay, this is so. I cannot believe this is a headline. Let me just say that. Quote, America is facing a diaper crisis and the anti-abortion movement may not be helping. (laughs) What? Damn you people having those babies. That's an actual, I'm not making this up. This is a for real headline. It legitimately was. It's from Yahoo Finance. And it gets into how families are lacking access to supplies. They never at once touch on why. Could it be mm, inflation? Could it be mm, supply chain issue? Could it be that? I mean, a number of things. No, no, no. No, no, that's not the reason, ladies and gentlemen, that people have access to supplies essential to their baby's well-being. The problem is abortion. That's the problem. Not enough people are having it. That's it. I'm not kidding you. This is legit the entire article. I wish I was making this up. <sighs> so, it's the anti-abortion movement. That is, and they, yes, they were ratioed with quote tweets. Uh, I just, well, what, okay, well, what happens, can I just ask a question? So, if there is a Chardonnay shortage, who can we blame? (laughs) I'm just saying, right? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, they don't actually, they don't, it's not. They, don't, they, they touch on formula, they touch on diapers particularly, and they don't at all touch on the economic issues that have all contributed to this. No, what it is is it's the uh, anti-abortion movement. That's how they put, it's that, and that's how they put it. It's the uh, anti-abortion movement, which is making the diaper crisis worse because they keep making these babies here like, they keep putting these babies in women's bellies. It's crazy. Through no choice of the woman's own. I mean, you'll have a pro-life person who has a magic wand, and she bippity-boppity booze a baby up in your belly. I mean, that's how it happens. We all know that. Was
2: this the same argument they used for formula as well?
1: Well, no, I don't know. I just know that's about the diapers.
2: So, when every, remember it was about a year and a half ago we had the uh, toilet paper shortage? uh uh-huh. So, was it because... You know, people had butts. Like, I don't understand what what's the logic. It's clearly yeah, supply chain issue. It is it's clearly not,
1: a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Supply chain and inflation. Yeah. No, it's not that. I think they just like picking on babies because yeah. ba- a baby can't punch you yeah, in the I throat. Agree with that. That's. What, I mean, I think that that's what that's ultimately what this is. You know, I mean, it's I cannot even believe a grown adult female wrote this piece. It is if I was a if I was a college professor and I was reading this piece. I would publicly fail her, meaning I would bring her up in front of the class and I would make her believe that she was like gonna get really praised. and I would it's this is why I shouldn't teach either. And I would make her cry and be like, this is the dumbest thing this is that we've ever read, and you are natural birth control by yourself, you and your reasoning and everything about you. I just it's not it's you know, because we need to. We've, you, we, the reason that we need more diapers, so we must, we got to kill babies. Some of these babies got to be cold so we can have some diapers. That's what they're saying. I, I'm just being honest. I'm saying what they, that's I, that's just the fruition that's following their logic to the end, correct?
2: No, I remember cloth diapers. It's like
1: the purge for diapers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember cloth diapers. Uh, you know, when I was really young and my younger brothers and all that, we didn't have, there weren't, there weren't pampers, anything like that back then. You
1: act like you grew up in the twenties. I didn't grow up in the
2: twenties. But I grew up in a, we had, yes, we had cloth diapers. When I was a kid, I guarantee you would call my mom right now. She'd say I wore cloth diapers.
1: Was that, and that's not because, does that have anything to do with the fact that you drink bacteria tea now?
2: No. What?
1: No. Like the hippie nothing, tea with the globs with of it. gunk in it?
2: Nothing at all. Okay. I'm just saying that we should look to these older solutions to these newer problems. Or, That's all I'm saying.
1: Or we could just stop being stupid about the economy. I mean, there is well, that.
2: We, who's in charge of the White House? I know. I know. Congress. I mean, let's be real.
1: I Yeah. We, you know, the problem with the formula shortage and I just can't. They're talking about people culling. That's what it is. Yeah. And they actually wrote this and published it as an actual piece. There's no way I saw this. I could not take this seriously. I could not take this seriously. The senior editor uh, that wrote this article said, roughly one-third of U.S. families are unable to afford diapers necessary to keep their babies dry and clean. I mean, climbing inflation, supply chain crisis. No, she blames pregnancy centers, put physical, mental, and economic stress on these people. And the coronavirus and households, they they're seeking help from these, you know, um, anti-abortion service centers are misrepresenting their services. No, actually, they're not. But whatever. Um, I mean, I am just shocked by this. You have pregnancy centers. They serve millions of people every year and they do everything. They also do uh, pedi- they, some of them have pediatric services. I think it also depends on the size of the area that they serve. And there are three to one. They outnumber three to one. There's like uh, you know, over 2,500 of them around the country. And yet Planned Parenthood is just very, very siloed in what they do. Very, It's very just narrow what they do. I'm just man alive. Heaven forbid. Well, we got to, in order to have more formula and diapers, we're going to have to cull some babies. I mean, that's just, yeah. But you do bring up a good point about the dead diaper. <laughs> I don't, uh, about, the, about the cloth diaper you know uh, and they could maybe do that
2: yeah i mean even with the formula shortage there were old recipes that parents used for kids back you know for their toddlers stupid babies using all these
1: diapers how dare they i'm just saying
2: we should look more to the old days for some of the problems that we're experiencing today or at least solutions including
1: dealing with with this type of idiocy right i'm all for looking back to the Old days for that. Golly. Uh, A few other things that I want to make sure that we are hitting. Uh, This other story, and we're going to be talking to my friend Robert Dobby coming up, you know, speaking of Hunter Biden. So, you know, Igor Dushenko, right? He's the guy who is on trial, charged with lying to the FBI. He was the primary source for Chris Steele's. uh, I hate using this word. I can we find a different word? Dossier. It makes it sound like it's fancy and official, and it's not. It was re- it was basically the regurgitated section of of YouTube, a regurgitated YouTube comment section that they repurposed, and they try to pass it off as credible oppo and get these reporters to write about it, and then take those stories that the reporters wrote about it and use that as probable cause to get a surveillance warrant on private citizens who are working with the Trump campaign. So you have Igor Duchenko. He's on trial for charges of lying to the FBI. And he, he said, the FBI, and just think about whose money this is. He said the F, that the FBI paid him $200,000 over three and a half years. And one of Dushenko's own sources t- testified that he actually fed him false information. And he said he passed off the info that he got off on TV as his own material. I am not stunned, but this a oh man alive. So, yes, and this was FBI Special Agent Kevin Helson. Yeah, they, they offered Steele a million if he could verify his, and they could never verify it. This is why the FBI never, they offered him all kinds of money. Can you verify this stuff? Can you verify this stuff? It never, they were never, he was never able to do it. And so the FBI never actually, they couldn't stand by it. And they didn't. But it was too late at that point.
0: Inflation reports are worse than expected. High-speed rail once again proves to be a left-wing pipe dream. And political Europe praises Putin for forcing Europe off of fossil fuels. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives. And hopefully, a lot of laughs, too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So Netflix is going to get Nielsen ratings as the streaming giant rolls out an ad-supported plan. I am made of fire about the ad-supported plan. I, we pay for a subscription. Stop it. Stop it. So they said Nielsen is gonna, they're because they're trying to figure out how they can better deal with advertising on this. They said that they're gonna allow advertisers to better understand the size of Netflix's audience, and they're gonna use Nielsen digital measurements. I just don't understand how their current measurements don't give them the information that Nielsen would. I don't, I really don't get that because I thought they were pretty thorough and in depth on being able to, to sort of uh, streamline all of that. Anyway. A man takes a test drive in a Mercedes and uh, just doesn't bring, or BMW, sorry, doesn't bring it back. He was interested in purchasing a 2013 white BMW 32.8 IX, and the owner uh, allowed of this, I guess, this business, this uh, dealership allowed him to take it for a test drive. He legit never returned. I think they're still looking. It's a $10,000 vehicle. I think they're still looking. So who knows? I'm looking at, uh, I just was looking actually at this new poll that was released that just came out. I haven't looked at the cross data from it, Uh, It is kind of interesting. It's a polling. uh, It's a 2022 generic congressional ballot polling trend, and it's out from Rasmussen, and and it's looking at independence. It shows a 17-point shift towards the GOP, uh, just going from the end uh, from the last month to now. So as it stands now, October 13th, Republicans 46, Democrats 30. Overall, since September 29th, where they picked up plus one, it's a 17-point shift towards the Republican Party. That's crazy. Wow. Stick with us. Robert Davi, up next.
4: Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com.
1: Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. One of the top stories that we have talked about the most. In fact, I was actually just sharing with you some of the latest about the laptop situation, Igor Deschenko, all of this, this, the—it's not even just so much about Hunter Biden. It's really the implication for the entire Biden family, and I think in many ways the Democrat Party at large for turning, you know, th- their eyes away from this and the uh, compromise of national security. There are a million issues wrapped up in this story around Hunter Biden. <laughs> And there, it's a great movie, and we talked about this before. Robert Davi came out with My Son Hunter, which he directed, and you guys know Robert Davi. I mean, he also sings Sinatra, by the way, and we were going back and forth. Do we want to introduce him with himself? How are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to, what's the best way to do it? I mean, we're not, you know, we know radio, we know politics, but we don't know... You know what he knows. He joins us now via Skype. He directed my son Hunter, and you've seen him on the silver screen. You've seen him everywhere, my friend. It's so good to see you as always. It's great I, to see you as always. And congratulations, congratulations on this on this film. This is Thanks. a very unique telling of this story, and I think that I have to give you a lot of credit because you really wanted to tell the story this wasn't just a political exercise for you you really wanted to tell the story of what was going on and you did so which interestingly enough through kind of like through this activist perspective and you had a lot of source material to work from and you had a great mm-hmm. cast I thought it was interesting uh you uh, also uh he's a uh, Lawrence Fox British actor who played yes. Hunter Biden? He did a really good job, and I, because I, I, I was familiar with Lawrence Fox and his work, and I thought, how is this going to work out? Talk to me a little bit about because you did have a lot of source material, and you also have only so many minutes, really, yes. for to tell this story because you know of what's acceptable to audiences. How do you figure out how? I mean, this this is a monumental undertaking.
3: Yeah. Well, first off, the Unreported Story Society, Philip McAleer and Ann McAnally, They developed the project with Brian Gatto as a writer, as a screenwriter. And then when I got aboard, of course, the source material of Miranda Devine, the New York Post stories, Peter Schweitzer, there was so much material being given, and even Rudy Giuliani. There's so much material on that that had been ignored by the mainstream media and uh, the uh, Democratic Party. And then Hunter's own autobiography, uh, Beautiful Things, which I went to and extracted things from that. And uh, the idea of telling the story through this 25-year-old left-wing activist who's an exotic dancer to pay for her college education, who Hunter meets up with, who is someone that is absolutely, uh, you know, the the opposite of any conservative and doesn't want to see anything bad about Hunter Biden. Now her eyes are opened up through this character uh, that uh, Franklin Adoele plays, who's a Nigerian super soccer star and uh, had never acted before but he had a great face and he then navigates her through when she finds out that hunter is hunter biden he, because it's the the evening takes place the night that the laptop is discovered and joe biden with the secret service come to track hunter down and they get him out of a strip joint and then he moves off to the chateau Mar- 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 and then uh, anyway it unfolds and she then navig- he navigates her where to get the material because she says it's not on any of the mainstream media. He goes, no, Kitty, you got to go through the back panel. And she says, what are you, a white supremacist? He goes, yeah, the black face of white supremacy.
1: Wow. And uh, yeah.
3: he then helps get, and then we unfold the corruption with the Ukrainian, with Burisma, with Devin Archer, with uh, uh, even John Kerry's son, who dropped out of the, the, the business. Uh, it's, so, it's so interconnected. And then also with the Chinese spy thief. So you want to be able to... And then the indictment, which is really a big story, on the mainstream media and social media, which buried the story. Mm. And as we're finding out now that they're finally the New York Times it says it exists, you've got Zuckerberg coming on, uh, uh, Joe Rogan telling that the FBI told him to squelch the story. Um, it's quite... And, and you said I wanted to tell the story, and I did because the watching dana as we all did the russian collusion and the steel dossier and everything that the left was doing in terms of their attack and they continue to do on trump to bring down um, you know they say well january 6th and i don't agree with an insurrection mm. of course not none of us do but when you have the american populace watching an insurrection going on in their own country and understanding that how do you then rectify that how do you then rectify two years of cities burning, looting, the steel dossier, the the, the the attack on that administration? How do you rectify that to the American people? How do you heal that?
1: That's a great point. By
3: by calling us the MAGA people, you know, fascist, which the left is doing. And I mean it just is so I wanted to tell the story.
1: Yeah. We're talking with our friend Robert Davi, director of My Son Hunter. You made you bring up a really good point because you had you had the riot on January 6th, which I thought was what, we, we were on air when all of this happened live, and uh, Trump was still speaking when people were already entering the Capitol, which kind of put a wrinkle in the timeline and accusations of people who were saying that he directed it. But what's more, the insurrection, one of the most underappreciated things about all of this is what happened with that FISA court and what happened with reporters being fed discredited information, they would run it as stories and it was very cyclical. It was turned around and used as probable cause to go and spy on private citizens who were just working. They were doing what they do as Americans and they were working mm-hmm. on behalf of a campaign. Mm-hmm. This, this is so incredibly troubling. And you know, I was talking with JD Vance a little earlier. He's running mm-hmm. for Senate in Ohio. Yes. The, in the past eight years, It just seems it's now been sped up to just this hyper speed every so many things have happened in the past eight years with the not just with this, the lockdown and everything else. And what I think that you do with my son, Hunter, and I really appreciated your approach to it because you really gave yourself um, uh, the best way to put it. You really approach this. Uh, from, you know, the point of a leftist. So people can't say that this is a conservative who's making a film and they're just, <laughs> you actually did everything, all your due diligence to present it as, as faithfully and as credibly as you could. And here you have this party, which you have had a, a Barack Obama and Joe Biden for the past eight years, the Biden family, n- national security with, with China and the business associations, national security with Burisma and Ukraine, all of these things have happened and so all of this and this individual who seemingly is completely untouchable, unaccountable. This family is unaccountable while people have lost their jobs for not getting the the, the vaccine. Uh, people have been arrested if they're pro-life protesters. I mean, there's there's so much. I just feel like this is kind of a very iconic film for this time.
3: Yes. And again, I didn't want to demonize the drug addict. Because people, families, I've had family members, an ex and kid that had an issue. And it's a disease of addiction. And it's terrible. as you aren't watching someone.
1: uh, Right, But But you did kind of, but you did show that because not every, not every family wants to enable or make easy someone in their addiction. Which there's a very sharp difference between kind of how the Bidens handle this and then what, yeah.
3: What you're thinking, this is the president and the vice president the power of this man after 45 years, he could do something more to help his son than the normal person that's struggling out there, right. that can't absolutely get control of what might be happening. So, and then I posed the question at the end of the film through this girl, the Grace Anderson character, when she confronts Hunter finally, after seeing what was going on with China and him making the deals with the Chinese when they're spying on their people, when they're re-educating their people uh, that leave their families, and believe in the government and believe in the, much like what's happening in our nation today, what they're doing with mm. the woke society, trying to create a familyless society. That's and, uh, uh, you know, and so she realizes this and she says, how could you, how could you do this? And she comes on the realization, you want this to be found. There was a part of Hunter, perhaps, that wanted the laptops to be found, to bring down, because why does someone, I had to ask the question, Go to that length for drug addiction. He was hitting the pipe every 15 minutes, meeting with this communist I mean, spy chief, or meeting with heads of different big energy companies and uh, nuclear companies. Why would somebody leave be so careless? It yeah. had to be something that maybe there was something so deeply psychological, which was a cry for help in some way, or want to bring down this thing that he couldn't live with. It's
1: perhaps there's something.
3: Perhaps there's something in that. You know. So I at least pose that question, and the audience can come to their own uh, decision on that. But it's it's quite uh, inviting. Uh,
1: and I'm glad and you other- did bring up that question because Kane and I have talked so often. How does someone a record themselves this much? How does someone just leave? You know what you have. You know what information you have on your laptop. How do you just leave this? behind in someone else's hands long after it's been fixed and you just don't come and claim it and there's you know one and two laptops now it it seemed careless and trying to figure out if the carelessness was fueled by you know as you were saying there's like this deep psychological cry for help or he just thought he was untouchable and never ever yeah
3: yeah i think it's a combination of both but the deep-seated you know don't forget he lost his mother when he was young this Mm. problem
1: Okay. Yeah, serious. Yeah, be, very much so.
3: There must be resentments of things. And um, but it's it's the father says, you're the smartest man I know. He says to his son. And this is a boy that I just want to make him proud as a moment. I just want to make him proud. So How does he make him proud? Well, the um, uh, it, 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 it's it's and, and Jill Biden is a, is a psychologist. Is she not? Is she not someone equipped? with uh, uh, an ability right. to be a psychotic. Now, she's not the mother, the birth mother. He says, as he says, it, mm. mommy and mom. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? He changes it. The, but uh, the, the, um, there was another laptop. When I was casting for the girl, someone in Los Angeles, an actress, said, oh, you know what? My friend had an Airbnb. And he found another laptop inside a backpack with drugs. That hunter left. Besides the ones we know, there was another laptop. So it, it just is. What else? And and how compromised could he be? Right. With other, uh, foreign companies. That's countries? the
1: big scary thing. How compromised is he? Talking with our friend Robert Davi. Uh, I wanted to ask you this because you were talking about the Trumps earlier. Their yes. kids. You know, and I know. I've known Trump for ten years, and I've know. I know. uh I know Eric, and I know Don Jr. They've. You know, they have they their successful in business. They have their families. You've never seen them in any kind of compromising positions. You have, uh, unfortunately, not just Hunter, but also Ashley Biden that have there's a lot of headlines and controversy and all that that surrounds them. But the way that the press and really Hollywood and Democrats have attacked Trump and his family and his kids, there's clearly a difference here that uh, apparently, I mean, we all see we're all picking up on it it looks like there was some parenting done right and parenting done wrong. I kind of wanted to get your take on that.
3: The most egregious aspect, and I say this in the film and we show this in the film, is what the media has done. Hmm. And I'll give you an example. Not in the film, but it's in history. When Leslie Stahl had an interview with Donald Trump and Donald Trump brings up the Hunter Biden lap. Yeah. Leslie Stahl is like a mother defending a child. No, no, oh, no, no, no. And he's telling her, well, yes, we have the evidence. No, that's not, please don't go there. It's not that. And they switch. They shut it down. Then you have the people talking about today. We have, how absurd is this, Dana? You've got the FBI going, we got a case on tax and we got a case on a gun permit. This is like having a billion dollar bankrupt. And they're going away in the Brinks truck and the, they're stopped by the authorities and they say your taillight is busted. There's hmm. a ticket for the busted taillight. Meanwhile, there's money being, you know, siphoned and 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 what other corruption was around. It is an indictment on the today's media. We are in a, a, a frightened time.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: and 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 they even Joe Biden was on 60 Minutes last week, and they talked about they brought up and I might, I think they brought it up because I talk about how I don't demonize the drug addiction because right. families are. So they said, that's what we can go on. Let's bring up the drug addiction. And Joe could be sensitive about it. He goes, yes, you know, he's a boy. He's a good boy. And he struggled with his addiction. And he's beyond it now. And they do that. And then they stop the the interview goes to somewhere else. Yeah. They go, what that about was enough the for them. What about the alleged corruption? What's happening there? How insane?
1: Yeah. They just, they, they just moved to something else, That's which I. this is why I'm so glad that you did this film. And we'd love to have you back and talk to you more. This is when uh, uh, radio, because we, we have a little bit left in radio, and then uh, they're going to kick us off the air. But our friend Robert Davi, you need to go to mysonhunter.com. Uh, and the because DVD
3: is on, out now. You can get yes, the DVD. As you can well. get
1: that. You can also. You can. It shows you how to buy it. it. Shows you how to watch it. You can. You can go there. Everything that you would need to know. Go through mysonhunter.com Congratulations on this and uh, a great I, cast as well. I know my friend Gino Carano is in this too. You had. Yes. Uh, you did a very good job. And yeah, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Are you going to do another go one? Ahead. Real, real fast, quick question. You going to Are you going to direct more? Going to do another film? Uh,
3: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have another idea. We'll see if uh, how how far we can develop that. But I think it's a very timely. Indicting idea.
1: We're going to talk about that. I'll get it. I'll get it out of you one way or the other. We'll we'll (laughs) talk about it. Robert Davi, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Good to talk with you. you. All right,
3: Dana.
4: Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app weekdays noon to three p.m. Eastern time.
1: And you can find out everything from our previous guest interviews over the past week and all of that over on YouTube, Facebook. Like and subscribe. Find me at danalash.com and over at Substack, chapter and verse. All good things. So, I just saw a tweet where Alexander Vinman says, let's cancel Elon Musk. You know the guy, the insubordinate trader who decided to try to help plot a coup? Yeah, yeah. that guy. All right. We got to get moving. We got to wrap up the week. Get you set for the weekend. Today in stupidity, our uh, final offering.
2: Remember that woman that said... Inflation was transitory, remember?
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was so fun. Uh Uh-huh. Makes a nod, though.
2: Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. This is her today. Listen.
1: We're taking strong action both in the United States and globally to contend with these headwinds. Oh, yeah? In the United States, our economy
3: remains resilient. What? Bolstered by President Biden's economic plan. What?
1: What? Bolstered? Bolstered? I don't think that's what that word means. Yeah, I don't um, trust
2: anything she says anymore, anyway. Yeah, I don't we yeah, know that's Neither do false. I
1: yeah. Folks, that does it for us this week. I hope you have a great weekend and I uh, will be back with you on Monday. God bless.